Uh, well, good morning, everyone. Thanks so much for being here today. Um, my name is Pastor Jason. I'm the children's pastor here at Jericho Road Church, and I'm honored to be able to uh, share with you guys this morning. Um, whether you're joining us in person here or online, we're glad that you guys are with us today. Now, we are going to continue in our Jesus Objects, sorry, Jesus Objects, Jesus Objects sermon series. This gets stuck in my head now. I've been watching the, the sermon a couple of times. But Jesus Objects sermon series, where we will look at an object that Jesus uses to prove a point to us or to highlight a spiritual reality. Now, this morning, uh, we will be meeting Jesus after his triumphant entry into the city of Jerusalem. Now, by this time, everybody knew who he was what he was doing there, and why he was there. And Jesus had just cleared the temple of the money changers that were conducting immoral businesses within his father's house. And he also began teaching the people through parables and other things that God had given him to share with these people. Now, the religious leaders of the temple, they were known as the Pharisees, and we've heard of these people before, and they hated the fact that Jesus was in Jerusalem. They hated the fact that he had stopped their businesses because they were in charge of the money changers. They hated the fact that he was teaching under his own authority and not theirs. And so the Pharisees, they wanted to take Jesus down by any means necessary. They wanted to cancel the Son of God so that they continue their sinful ways. Um, and they wanted to put Jesus in a compromising situation that would discredit his teachings and put his character into question. And so this is going to be our setup this morning. Uh, we're going to read from Matthew chapter 22. Uh, and then the Pharisees went out and laid the plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Now, we see from our passage this morning that it, it starts with the enemies of Jesus, and it tells us that they, what they planned to do and how they were going to do it. And we read that the Pharisees joined forces with the Herodians. Now, we know who the Pharisees are, right? We know that they're the religious leaders of the time, and we've probably heard about them often. But the Herodians were a group of people that maybe we don't read about very much. See, the Herodians were a political group uh, that supported uh, King Herod Antipas. And King Herod was uh, the person that was put in charge of uh, the city of Judea, or sorry, city of Israel, uh, by the Roman Empire. So if you were to support Herod, you were supporting the Roman Empire. Now this was in contrast to uh, the Pharisees, right? They hated the Roman occupation. They wanted nothing but the... Uh, they wanted to, nothing but the Romans to get out of the city and so that they could rule uh, over their people. Now, these two groups were mortal enemies. These two groups, they hated each other because of their religious ideologies and their political views. But as they say, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And together, they uh, schemed to uh, take Jesus down uh, with a question. Now, they did this by sending uh, their disciples to uh, give Jesus praises, to shower Jesus with compliments, right? They said um, things like, You're the, Jesus is a man of integrity. Jesus is the one that teaches truth in God's word. As the young folks would say, he is him, right? 
That's what they were telling Jesus. Well, everything that they were saying was true, and the words that they were using were good, we find that their intentions were not. Their intentions were to build them up just so that they can break him down. Now, I'm sure as Jesus heard this, his ears perked up, right? He knew that this, these people hated him, and yet they were, here they were complimenting him. Something just wasn't adding up. So what was the trap that they had set for Jesus? What was the thing that they wanted to, to make Jesus fall with? The trap came in the form of a simple question. They asked Jesus, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay tax to Caesar or not? Now, the taxing question is what biblical scholars would refer to as the poll tax. Um, and this tax was paid once a year to Caesar. And um, the reason this tax existed wasn't because uh, they did something wrong, but it was simply because you lived under the rule of the Roman Empire. Now, the thing about the Roman Empire was uh, they used taxation to uh, assert its authority on the people that it ruled. It used taxation as a reminder of who they served. So as you can imagine, this tax was a point of contention for both the Pharisees and the Herodians. But the question here is not just about paying taxes. You see, the Romans, again, were notorious for, for taxing everything and anything that they could. It was through taxation that they would assert their authority onto the people. So if uh, Jesus were to answer this question one way or another, it would kind of not be a good, good thing, right? Now with that in mind, we could understand uh, why this was a trap. If Jesus were to answer no, it's not lawful or right to pay the taxes, then it would be a declaration of rebellion against the Roman Empire. And then it would make the Herodians happy because they supported Herod, and it would make the Philistine, or Pharisees upset. If Jesus were to answer uh, yes, or sorry, yes, it is right, rightful to pay taxes. Um, it would mean that he supported the Roman occupation. And again, the Her Herodians would be happy and the Pharisees would be upset. Jesus' answer would bring division amongst his disciples and his followers, with some agreeing with him, saying, yes, we should pay the tax, while others disagreeing, saying, no, we shouldn't. Jesus was addressing a question that an entire nation was eager to know the answer to. And his enemies view this as an opportunity to take him down. Now, while our circumstances may not mirror the uh, same situation that Jesus was in, there's going to be times in our lives where we face situations where our faith is put to the test. In January of 2020, uh, we first started here at this church. That was nearly four years ago. Wow, it's been a long time. Uh, but uh, I remember when we first started, we were really excited to be here. We were uh, so glad to be a part of a church that wanted to uh, embrace us and loved us and loved our family. Uh, but if you remember, like anyone could forget, it was 2020, and in just three short months, the world would change forever. Uh, in January, COVID-19 started really hitting the U.S., and it became a concern for a lot of people. And um, March 15th, 2020 would mark the last date that we would meet together as a church for several, several months. Now, there was an official stay-at-home order that told us that we need to keep safe, we need to stay away, we need to flatten the curve, right? And one point of contention for a lot of people was uh, the gathering of people in religious spaces, 
gathering people at church. As health guidelines stated, if we gathered that we had to reduce our capacity to 25%, which would be like just maybe one half of this room, one quarter of this room, right? We had to stay apart. We couldn't pray. We couldn't chant. We couldn't sing. We couldn't really worship together. So our leadership board and our staff met together to kind of discuss how to navigate the situation. Should we ignore the order and continue to meet, or should we uh, follow the order and potentially expose ourselves and our loved ones to a disease that we just didn't know very much about? Like the question brought to Jesus about the poll tax, we were stuck in a difficult situation. We had to ask ourselves, how do we navigate faithfully under the authority of man? How do we balance our responsibilities uh, as citizens along with our uh, devotion to God? How do we navigate times when our faith and our civic duty uh, come into conflict with each other? Well, Jesus uses our object lesson this morning to help us answer this question. Now, there are two things that Jesus tells us about, uh, helps us answers about this question. And the first thing he wants us to do is to see through the lies that the enemy tries to ensnare us in. And we're going to read here in uh, verse 18. But knowing their evil intent, uh, but Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used to paying the tax. So they brought him a denarius. And he asked them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? Now, before Jesus answered the question, he was able to recognize their underlying motives of the Pharisees and the Rhodians. He didn't buy their flattery. He didn't buy their praises. He didn't buy into what they were selling him. And there are also times when uh, the enemy uses true statements to deceive us, too. And Jesus wants us to use discernment to be able to recognize these falsehoods and what the enemy might be intending. Now, when we uh, first started with the pandemic, we weren't sure what to believe, right? There were loads of wild news stories out there, right? There are some people that said 5G causes the spread of COVID. There are some people who are saying that Bill Gates was implanting microchips into our vaccines. There are some people that were saying that uh, China, uh, sorry, COVID originated from a bioweapons lab in China. That might, might be true, maybe. <laughs> and some people were saying that this was a fake pandemic, that this wasn't really real. This was a plandemic, as some people would say. When we turned on the news, the facts that the news was presenting to us were true, right? Um, there were a certain amount of people that were getting sick. These amount of people were dying. Um, but there are times where uh, we would watch each news outlet, but the story would be a little bit different, right? Depending on which channel you turned on, which would be CBS, NBC, NPR, Fox, CNN, the story, it would be the same story, but it would be covered differently, right? Uh, these news organizations could have been driven by a hidden agenda, something behind what they wanted to tell us. And Jesus encourages us to use uh, discernment to recognize these falsehoods uh, and to recognize these situations where even the truth can be deceptive. Now, though the questions about the oranges of COVID and its impacts on individuals and how it, it affects us uh, it remains, right? We're not exactly sure exactly how it affects us, but 
it's reassuring to know that all of these theories about COVID were kind of discredited, right? Now, after Jesus called them out on their hypocrisy, um, he said to them, as Cuba Gooding Jr. would say, show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the coin. Show me the coin that you used to pay the tax. And this is what they handed him right here, a denarius. Can you guys see that? No, no, not big enough? Okay, let me zoom in for you guys. Oh, is that better? Oh, st still too small? Okay, let, let me zoom in one more time. Here we go. That, there we go. Can you guys see that? You guys like the, three, the theme of threes here? This is a denarius. Uh, this is a coin that uh, was used to pay the tax. And as you guys can see, there is an image and an inscription that's on here. Now, with the coin in Jesus' hand, he asked him, whose image and whose inscription is this? And after Jesus asked the question, uh, we get to the point of our object lesson this morning. Let's go ahead and read here in verse 21. Caesar, they replied. Then he said to them, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. Now the second thing that Jesus wants us to, uh, to do in order to live faithfully under the authority of man is to give what belongs to the world but give to God what belongs to God. See this denarius that I'm holding has the image of Caesar Tiberius. Uh, we're not, but we're not sure exactly which Caesar uh, Jesus' coin had that he was holding in his hand, because it doesn't tell us here, but biblical historians would, would uh, surmise that this is probably the coin that he had. And if you can see, it has the image of Caesar on here, but it also has an inscription. It says, Caesar Augustus Tiberius, son of the divine Augustus. It was Caesar's image and inscription on the coin. Therefore, this belonged to Caesar. Caesar's the one that created it. It was his image that was on it. It was minted by Caesar. It was given out by Caesar. And therefore, it belonged to him. So what Jesus is telling us here is simply pay your taxes. <laughs> Probably not what you guys wanted to hear when you guys came this morning. But paying your taxes, despite how we feel about how the funds are used, is an important part of our civic duty. Jesus is telling us that we should honor the things that the world requires of us as citizens of the world. Some things that we should honor are things like obeying the laws, uh, participating in jury duty. Uh, I know that one's probably not the, the best one, but voting in elections, and if required, defending our nation. While we might not agree with everything that our governments uh, do, and, and sometimes the, the way that we are positioned, um, we should know that they have been put in these positions by God. They've been uh, put in these positions, and it's our duty as citizens to obey their laws while under their care. Now, there will be times where we can't honor everything that the government asks us to do, because we also have to understand that we're citizens of a heavenly kingdom, and that his, that authority is higher than the authority of man. Now, the second part of Jesus' answer tells us that we should give to God the things that are God's. And just like the coin had Caesar's image on it, what bears God's image? What did God create and what belongs to God? Well, very simply, we belong to God. We bear God's image, and therefore, our lives belong to him. And it makes it very clear to us from the very beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis. It tells us this here. 
Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. He created them male, female, and he created them. See, God created us. He made us in his image, and therefore our lives belong to him. So when Jesus is telling us to give God what is God's, he's telling us that our lives belong to him because we are made in his image. Now, how do we respond to this point? How do we respond to Jesus telling us to give God what is God's, to give God our lives? Because I'm sure some of you guys are thinking, well, if I'm made in God's image, if I'm created by him, if I belong to him, why should I give my life to God? Because I already belong to him, right? Well, you see, it's through man's sin that our relationship with God has been broken. It's through God's sin that we have been separated by God. And all that God really desires is for us to come back to him, for us and our relationship to be made whole again. Although relationship, our relationship with God was broken, it was through Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross and the price that he paid for our sins, that our relationship was made whole again. The re- and that is the reason why we take communion every week, to remind ourselves of what Jesus did and how we should be connected with God. So how can we give our lives to God? What does that look like? Well, if you're not a believer, giving your life to God means accepting Jesus into your heart. It means believing that Jesus died and was buried and rose again just so our relationship with our Creator could be made whole. To give your life to God means that um, you are no longer the way you were before. When Jesus comes into your heart, He transforms you and He changes you and He connects us with our Creator. To give your life to God as a believer means to honor God in all the things that you do to know who you belong to, and ultimately, who you serve. Some ways we can give God what's God's is when we pray and worship. By being here this morning, we're giving God what he desires and what he deserves. We can uh, serve in the children's ministry. We can uh, pray for that one friend at work. We can share the gospel with those that need the gospel. We can give God what is God's by living a life with gratitude understanding that everything that God has given us has, uh, is a blessing from him, that every day is a gift and recognizing the things that he's given us. Uh, we can give God what is God's through our giving and ultimately knowing that everything belongs to him so we can give out of a heart of joy. So how can, we, how can you guys give God what is God's? Uh, how do we give God's what is God's? Uh, it's up to you. And these are just some examples that uh, I wanted to share with you guys this morning. Um, there are countless ways that we can give God's what is God's. And this morning, as you guys hear this message, uh, I want you guys to take a few moments to reflect, to pray, to sit, and to wonder, how can I give God as well? God what is, how can I give God's what is God's? How can I honor God? How can I honor God in my workplace? How can I honor God in my school? How can I honor God in my family? How can I honor God in my homes, in my communities? And how can I give God what is God's? Let me pray for us.
Uh, Lord, we just thank you for this morning. Uh, we thank you um, that uh, you give us this object lesson to be able to see uh, that we can give what the world bel- belongs to, but we give to you what belongs to you, Lord. Uh, I pray for our friends this morning as we come and as we reflect that we be able to see ways in which we can honor you, Lord. Um, I pray for our friends that don't know who you are yet, that you would let Jesus into their hearts so that they can give their lives to you, God. Uh, we just thank you again. Uh, we are blessed by you. I pray that as we continue to worship you this morning, uh, that you be present with us. We love you in your son's name we pray.